Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. Hi there, um, thanks for joining me today. Just starting to uh, record this session and I realized today is actually the 30th episode of this podcast, which is actually pretty cool because uh, when I started this off at the start of uh, February in this year, 2021, I wasn't quite sure where I was going with this, but anyway, we're still here, we're still motoring. And uh, if you've been with me all the way along, thank you for staying with me. This week has been interesting. Um, I suppose uh, lots of good stuff has happened. Important week for me is also just in in passing. Um, it's a milestone for me because I've been working on a on a proposal, a book proposal for a new book um, that I'm excited about called The Inner CEO, where I'm kind of sharing my take on. Um, well, actually, the tagline of the book maybe says it all. It just says, "True success is an inside job." And for me, it's about my take on how to create and sustain true success and the inner aspect to that um, with obviously links to the outer world. It's my own experience over the last 20, 25 years. Anyway, I I thought when I I started that proposal last July, believe it or not, I thought it would take me a couple of months and it's taken 11 months and I've never written a commercial book proposal before. So I'm kind of taking on another level of challenge where I'm pushing it out into the world to see, can I get an agent interested in this book? And also uh, get a commercial deal with a publisher. Um, it's a, it's a, it's not the easiest type of goal to set for yourself, <laughs> um, because it's just you know most people in the, in today's world, it's just it's not the easiest thing to get. Um, a lot of rejection, etc. But we're going to give it a go. And every now and again, I might just uh, update you on the progress here. Um, certainly, it's already taken longer than I would have expected. But that when I say than I would have expected, that's my mind. Like when you're taking on something for the first time, you don't really know how long it's going to take. And one of the lessons I've learned from this book is, uh, well, it takes as long as it takes, uh, but I'm happy with where we're at at the moment with the quality of it anyway, which is good. So look, getting back to the episode. Um, in last week's episode, I was talking about Naomi Osaka, the champion tennis player and stepping away from uh, her tennis duties, in particular in the French Open, and kind of initially caused a major controversy. And then when she revealed, and, and this is what I really admire about her, just being honest about why she was stepping away, which initially people weren't clear on, which is it was to do basically with her mental health and the stress um, and suffering from depression since she has entered the, the limelight. Um, and then she's announced in the last couple of days that she's now not doing Wimbledon and she's stepping away for personal reasons to do with that and wants time by herself with her family. But aims to be back for the Olympics. So fair play to her. Um, and I think that's that's a way of taking a break in a constructive way. Then I also noticed that uh, Rafael Nadal, you know, he's 30, I think he's 35. Um, so by tennis standards, that's old, has announced that he is not going to go into Wimbledon either. You know, he's just come out of the Roland Garros French Open. Now stepping away and taking a break um, and I think not going into the Olympics, I think as well, because he wants to preserve his career. So again, taking a strategic break, 
I think that's ballsy and quite clever. Now, before we go any further, if you're thinking, geez, he's gone on about tennis again. Is this guy obsessed with tennis? Not really, but we are in the tennis season. It's it's uh, June 2021. Um, I don't intend on, at the moment anyway, we'll see how we go, but I, I, I think it's, but today he definitely is going to be another tennis type episode because I think there's some inspiration to be had from what's going on right now. Um, and somebody, I, I wrote a post in my weekly email, Inspire Me, which goes out there every Monday, um, about uh, Novak Djokovic, who came back from two sets down quite dramatically to turn it around and win the French Open. And actually, in the end, won it quite convincingly, but it was two sets down to love, came back one at 3-2. And um, I, I just want to talk about this as an inspiration um, around this point, which is sometimes you have to break your own inner pattern and that of the perhaps somebody else to reset your outer game. Um, so Djokovic was playing against um, young player Stefanos uh, Tsitsipas, who's a great, uh, who's a Greek um, athlete, and actually I think he's maybe the youngest player in the top ten of the world at the moment. I think he's number four, number five. Um, he's only 22. This guy should be uh, one of the greats of the future, I think. Um, but he came up against Djokovic, um, was kind of kicking his ass really for the first couple of sets. Now Djokovic, I think, is 34. So again, like Nadal, and this is what I like about Nadal and Djokovic in particular, and even someone like Federer, is that even though they're at the close to the end of their career, they're just holding on to success. But I, I think it's largely down to the mental side and their experience and just that inner strength. So, but if you are sometimes off your game, and this is what I want to lean into with Djokovic, sometimes you need an outer game strategy to help your inner game reset, and also potentially strategically to disrupt the flow of maybe the person you're competing against. And that could be in sport, obviously, but also maybe in business, sometimes in life. And um, you can also use it also in you know in a business context, for example, you could use it in a meeting where maybe the maybe you've lost the run of yourself, maybe you've lost your focus, your center. And a lot of people I know just won't strategically take a break to reset themselves so they, they can reset the meeting. Now, um, after the French Open, Djokovic had a press conference, and somebody uh, kindly sent me some of the transcript from that, which is kind of what inspired my my uh, post, which is also on my blog um, from last Monday. And I'm just going to read out here some of the press conference where Djokovic was talking about what he did during that. He took a bathroom break at the end of the second set. So now that's, in my mind, very clever. I think it was very deliberate. I've done it myself in sport. I've advised other people to do it in sport and in business. But let me just read to you what he said. He said, okay, there's always two voices inside. There's one telling you that you can't do it, that it's done, it's finished. That voice was pretty strong after that second set. So I felt that that was a time for me to actually vocalize the other voice and try to suppress the first one that was saying, I can't make it. I told myself, I can do it. I encouraged myself. I strongly started to repeat that inside of my mind. I tried to live it with my entire being. And that's a key point there for me. Once I started playing in that third set, especially in the first few games, I saw where my game is at. It kind of supported that second voice and that was more positive, more encouraging. After that, there was not much of a doubt for me. Now, 
I think you could listen to that and correctly assess that, okay, his outer game strategy was take a bathroom break because I need to get myself together, look in the mirror, say, come on, let's do this. And that is very useful. But what's not necessarily pointed out there is what happened to the other person, <laughs> Stefanos Tsitsipas. Um, so not the easiest name to say. Um, is that maybe at that young age, perhaps not really mentally ready um, for that break. And so far as sometimes when you take a break like that, you disrupt the, the flow of the other person. And it also gives a chance for maybe other thoughts to come in, um, physically change the flow of or the feeling of the game. Um, and it actually can be quite effective. So it's always a good thing to consider. It's a bit of gamesmanship, but you might just take a strategic break to try and see can you Sometimes in that break, the other person can, uh, sometimes a little doubt can come in. Um, and just knocking them out of that flow is actually quite handy. You can do the same thing in negotiation, et cetera. Again, it's, an, it's a kind of an outer strategy to, to affect the inner. And I always think then as well, I'm always fascinated that it's, it reinforces to me when you listen to Djokovic talking, so there's always two voices inside. There's always two voices inside, even for a world number one. Same with Naomi Osaka, same with Nadal, same with Djokovic, same with you, same with me. But then my mother, who um, always surprises me in a good way, she emailed me on the back of that email and the one I sent out. And she said, yeah, really, she said, I was watching the match, really enjoyed it, it was a great comeback. But she said, what would have happened if the other guy had done the exact same thing as Djokovic, as in talked himself in that way? And then she said, I guess it might mean that they were on a level playing ground. And to me, that's exactly the point, is that, you know, in today's world where supposedly all everyone has an insight to the inner side, now knowing it and doing it uh, are two different things, as you probably know. But if they both had done it and both felt pretty good about themselves and were calm, clear, strong, focused, well, then who would win? Well, on a very simple level, if it's a level playing ground, well, then the better player would win on the day. It probably would have been a closer game because it was clear that um, Tsitsipas, his mindset definitely was gone by the, by the I think, the fourth and fifth set. I think the doubt had come back in, or not, not come back in, it had come in and had just affected his game. I'm sure his inner voice was annoyed at himself for not closing out, not winning it. But again, that's interfering then with his, uh, his state of mind and his ability to just play. So any sort of inner interference like that, inner doubt, uh, just affects whatever talent you have. And at the top, top level of any sport, but even, even if it's just amateur sport, that does come into it. But if you're both calm and centered, well, then it's the better player will win, really. Obviously, luck does come into it sometimes too. But if you extend it out then, say, to a team in sport or in business, I think it's the same thing, is that like you want the team to play to their best ability. Now, if, there's, if it's in sport, who's going to win? Because everybody knows about you know physical training, nutrition. Teams are getting really closer to each other. I think there's less of an edge there. The real edge is on the inner side, um, and that a team can actually apply it under pressure. And the same thing goes into business. Same thing goes into even relationships. Um, and if we kind of look at the team side of it in a sporting context, staying with that team, obviously in June at the moment we've got the Euros going on for soccer, and last night. Uh, I'm recording this Saturday morning. Last night, England played Scotland. Now, on paper, the English team, I mean, it's just incredible. The talent that they have is incredible. Scotland, um, 
on paper, not really even close. And England are the favourites to win the tournament. But after last night, you'd certainly have a question mark because Scotland held them to a draw and actually were the better team. England just were not were not at the races for their talent. And the, one of the main pundits, Gary Neville, um, afterwards made a comment to um, one of the interviewers and he was saying, like, England looked leggy. And he kind of gave an insight that only maybe a top athlete would, would know is that, you know, he said that legginess, he said it's nothing to do with not being great players. The legginess comes from, it said it's something mental. And he said, use this phrase, maybe it's the weight of expectation. Because there is a massive expectation, and the media in particular and the public put a lot of pressure on England every time they're in a tournament. That's what always entertains Irish people, I guess. Um, but what is the weight of expectation? Well, that's an inner element. And I've no doubt that that would affect somebody like Naomi Osaka at the moment where, you know, there's a kind of an inner expectation. You'll often hear it as well, say, even in a golfing context, because we're really pulling out all the sport analogies today, Shane. Uh, the golfing context, you know, I, I've heard, um, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Bob Rotella, the mind coach for golfers, uh, a few years ago. But I, I heard him talking about, well, look, with a lot of golfers, sometimes the weight of expectation is what knocks them off. Again, it's the inner stress um and often if they have a bad couple of first one or two or three holes in a, in the way their mind kind of relaxes and they play better why because they kind of think oh well i'm out of contention and so they just play you know you're kind of playing with nothing to lose in a way which is a lovely phrase because it says a lot but looking at england you know that weight of expectation that could also be with us in terms of uh, some sort of inter inner interference inner challenge Maybe you've got an expectation on yourself that is almost in a way causing you stress. I should be there and I'm not there. Um, I should be at this point and I'm not there. Or this should have happened. Like, that, like we have a lot of expectation on ourselves. And just like the England team getting leggy, as Gary Neville said, like that is essentially where the mental side is sapping the energy. And you could see it in that team last night, I thought. Uh, and uh, I've heard the phrase, and I love this expression, that some thoughts are like vampires. They just suck the energy out of you. And we have to be very careful with what thoughts we give life to. And certainly something that I've seen over my career is that's, you know, smart people who just won't take a break, a strategic break, because maybe at the back of their minds, they think, no, I don't need to. It's a sign of weakness or I just need to keep going. And certainly in my career, I've also been that person where I just wouldn't take a take, wouldn't take a break. So let's, let's, let's turn it on to you. You know, what about you? Like, how are you right now? Or even what about the people around you, the people that you're maybe leading or looking after? Um, maybe you or they should consider taking an outer break to reset, to recharge. But maybe most importantly, to take a break from your pattern of thinking. And I do believe that we all need to think about when we should take a strategic break in that context, to reset, to retune our thinking, because breaks are, like strategic breaks are really essential. And especially, I think, as we get maybe older, perhaps they become even more essential, whether it's a break every day, taking breaks during the day, managing your energy, breaks in the week, maybe taking time out in the month or a quarter or the year. Um, 
I think you got to think about that in the context of high performance that's sustainable because sometimes taking a break is the match winning thing to do just like just like Djokovic did and let me just throw in this little quote here that uh, Djokovic also said in his in his um press conference I just think it's it's class he said um everything is possible definitely in my case I can say that what I've been through in my career in my life this journey has been terrific so far I've achieved some things that a lot of people thought it would not be possible for me to achieve amen uh, we close out in that inspiration so thanks for joining me again hope you got some food for thought bye-bye